This is not your mother's middle age. No longer is waking up each day, living the wash, rinse, and repeat cycle acceptable. We have the life lessons, the relationships, the wins, and the losses with which to navigate to our highest self without hesitation and without fear leading the way. We have been there and done that, and so we have so much to offer the world and each other. So join me on this journey speaking to ordinary women doing extraordinary things for new insights, new ideas, new medical breakthroughs, and new life lessons. You will be inspired to find your best life here and now. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire, and this is your Second Wind Podcast. Today, Second Wind, we have Nicole Simmons with us. And I met Nicole through a women's group. She came and spoke at it a couple, I don't know, four or five years ago. I was so impressed with her. I was impressed with her speaking skills and what she was doing with organizations and clients and bringing out the potential in them and helping them untap their strength. And I thought that was really neat. And then, you know, go your own way. A few years later, I decided I want to do this podcast and we all know about that. And I went to a friend of mine, Yusef, Messiah, because I was like, Hey, you're in like film and TV and stuff. And I want to do this podcast. I have no idea what to do. And he said, Oh, my friend, Nicole Simmons, she has a podcast. You should talk to her. I was like, Oh, I know her. So, I mean, I didn't know you, but I knew of you. Right. So I emailed you and you got right back to me and you kind of, you kind of set me up and, and hooked me up and got me on my way. So I, I, I owe you. <laughs> Gratitude for now over a year of podcasting. Fantastic. However, Nicole then came back and spoke again at our business women's group in these leather pants. And she looked amazing. And she was telling us that she was training for a bodybuilding competition. And here she was 46 years old and she was going to go get up on stage in a bikini. And I'm thinking, how do you do that? and have a business, and out on your own. How do you do this? So I said, Nicole, you have to be on my podcast. We've got to, I want to find out your story. And she's got a really good story. So there is so much here. So Nicole, welcome to Second Wind, the podcast. I'm so happy to have you. Yes. Thank you, Wendy, for the invitation. And thank you for your audience the Second Wind audience, for just leaning in and and really tuning into what we have to talk about today, because I think it's it's for the common woman. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. like we talked earlier, right? I'm I'm nobody super special, right? I think we all have unique talents and we're all valuable. But I think that sometimes we can look at women that are doing certain things and they feel so far away from us. Like, that's not me. You know, that that can't Mm -hmm. be me. And I feel like I'm not that type of woman. I'm the type of woman that's touchable and really like, I'm, I'm just like you, you know, but right. I just, I just have decided like many of you that are listening, many of your audience members listening have decided that, you know, that there's, that there's more and it doesn't matter what age you are, you know, like once you hit 40, like once I hit 40, it was like life changed. Right. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm 40. 
This yeah. is a trip, you know, and then you go on and then you start. I, I don't know if every woman goes through this, but I can imagine that many do. Some that I've talked to that when you kind of when you hit 40, you you get into this. There's this it's like the, the heavens open and you realize that you don't really care too much about what people think about mm. you. Right. Mm-hmm. In terms mm-hmm. of trying to please people and be a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you also realize because you've had some life experience behind you at this point mm-hmm. that why not just go for it? Because what do you really have to lose? What do you have to lose? Yes, exactly. Ordinary right. women doing extraordinary things and yeah. listening to the nudges, which is a great yeah. segue. Yeah. Because you got tapped on the shoulder by God, you said. Yes. I and did. God said, Nicole, don't, don't go that way. Go this way. Can you? Right. And that was like the pivotal moment that brought you to all of the things that you're doing now. Can you sure. share that with us? I can. So back uh, several years ago, I was probably, I don't even remember how old I was. <laughs> I might've been in my early, I might've been in my thirties at that point, but I was, um, I really was searching for kind of the next step in my mm-hmm. life. I had, I studied social work when I was in college. I knew that I really was called to help people and the school that I was at at the time, that was really the only major that resonated with me. And so I, I enrolled into that program. I actually started off as a physical therapy major because, you know, I've been athletic and stuff. So I thought my helping was going to be in that vein, but soon come to discover that it was social work. And so from there, Wendy, I just delved, I delved in and I really just went to discovering and understanding, oh, wait, this is not just something that I like to do. This is actually a gift, a calling, like a strength of mine to be able to help look at people and, and see their potential and help them to unlock that. And mm-hmm. so as I got into the field and started working and all of that, there was, I came at a crossroads again and said, wait a minute, this is, there's more, there's more in me. Like I'm working every day. I'm helping people. I feel kind of fulfilled, but then there's, I felt this nudging, like there's more. And so mm-hmm. without giving you all the, you know, all the history kind of fast forward through my career in the field, I was like, what can I do to kind of help people on a more uh, global scale, if you will? Like, I felt like my reach was more than just the local work that I was doing. And I originally was, I was born and raised in Massachusetts. And as an adult, I felt a kind of a calling to move South. And yeah, that was, that's weird, right? Yeah, which was completely off the wall because my entire family was there. It was, right. you know, my, my parents actually are from Georgia, where I live now, but they they moved to Massachusetts when they were teenagers. Like, they were like, what are you talking about? You're moving to Georgia. Like, what is that? <laughs> and at the time that I really felt that strong calling to move to Georgia, I, had, was, I was up for a huge promotion on my job. And my supervisor looked at me like, are you crazy? you're about to walk away from this promotion. And I was like, yeah, I really feel like I'm supposed to be moving and I'm supposed to you know, move to Georgia. So I got all my affairs in order and everything. And within a period of several months, I packed up everything and I moved to Georgia. And right. <laughs> and let me just, let me put some context around it. Cause some people are like, you just packed up and you just went, well, I put money in savings. I paid off my car. Like I put things were in order. So I didn't just, you know, you just planned. I was planned to leave. Yes, you got the I nudge, but then you put the action. Before you took the action, 
Right. Put things in place. Exactly. Okay. Right. Because sometimes I hear people, I hear stories like that and I'm like, oh, wow. You know, and it gives people maybe the wrong, the wrong perception about what it means to step out on faith. Right. I was stepping out on faith with a plan. Right. Right. I had put money in savings. I paid off my car. I paid off all my bills. So I didn't have any that overhead so I could move to Georgia. I didn't even have to work for several months because I had saved up enough money to be able to at least just woo off for a minute, a little bit. And then figure out why am I here? <laughs> you know. So you didn't so, go to Georgia with a job in mind. I didn't have a job. Okay. I didn't have a job. I knew I could get one because I had plenty of experience, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, there's even even if um, if I need to work at a fast food restaurant or something, I can get a job. Like I'm not afraid of working. So right. that wasn't something that held me back. And sometimes that is something that can hold us back, right? Where we step out and want to do something, but maybe our, you know, the finances can scare you or the unknowns or not knowing how things are going to work out. And I had that too. I felt that, but it wasn't, that wasn't strong enough that my desire that there was something more for me here in Georgia. Gotcha. So okay. I moved, picked up and moved. And when I got here, I began to look at, um, actually the other part is my whole family decided to move too. At the same time? Correct. <laughs> that's a I'm whole to leave you people. Right. That's a whole different thing. When I told them I was moving, they were like, are you crazy? And then like months later, they were like, we're supposed to move too. So we all moved together. So I ended up moving to Georgia with my family, my immediate family, like my yeah, nucleus That's so family. funny. Isn't that something? Yeah. <laughs> so okay. My, my, my family now, like they laugh and they're just like, you know, Nicole, you were kind of like the trailblazer to get us all here because- you know, I was willing to say, yes, I will, without knowing all the details, I will step out and do it. And that's that's something that I really, I want to kind of highlight too, for women that are listening, right? Because there may, there are people that are coming after them, after you, that may never step into what they're supposed to do until you step into what you're supposed to do. Oh, that's such a good point. Right? Yes. Yeah. So you don't know who you're affecting it with the, with, the breadcrumbs you're leaving behind. Right. And yeah. so, you know, being, being able to do that, it was now I'm looking back and I was like, wow, it was such a blessing to my family because it changed their lives too. You know, they, mm-hmm. they of course had to follow their own, you know, do things for them, do things and set things, things up for themselves, but it just opened the door for them. So got here, you know, kind of got settled, started working, you know, odd jobs and stuff like that. And I really wanted to further my education and get my master's degree at the University of Georgia. And did a lot of research, you know, visit the campus, loved it, fell in love with it. I see why the bold, you know, Georgia UGA is a big deal. It's a big deal here. So after I got on campus, you know, I was applying, like just kind of going through the process and midway, it was, that's where that intersection happened. It was just like, this is not the direction. Like it was, it was almost like um, a, a heavy coat came on me, like a yeah. weight, like, no, this is not the way you're supposed to go. And huh. what, what resulted from that was the desire, because my desire was so strong to go to get my master's degree and to go to this particular school. And I went through, I had, there were hurdles and obstacles that I had to overcome to actually get there and apply and all that. And I didn't care. Like I kind of bulldozed through it. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, this is not the direction you're supposed to go in. 
Oh my gosh. So you like, you jumped through some hoops to make the thought. The thought was UGA. I'm going to UGA. Here I go. Okay. This isn't easy to get in. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then you were like, oh, wait a second. I, I shouldn't do that. Right. It's not. And what yeah. happened too was the desire to pursue it, the drive, the motivate, like all of it left. It was just like, I don't even want to do that. Like, I don't, why am I doing what? It's almost wow. like, I woke up like, why am I doing this? I don't even, and I was like, okay, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. So what am I supposed to do now? And I was, you know, how we, the, the middle of the, I call them the middle of the night incidences where in the middle of the night, because it's so quiet, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. you can hear the, the best in the middle of the night and early, early in the morning okay. because everything is so quiet. And I found myself, I was scrolling. I was just sitting, I was up late. I couldn't sleep. And I was scrolling on Facebook and I came across an advertisement for leadership training. And I was like, leadership training? But I was curious. I was always interested in leadership training. Like I felt like, yeah, like I feel like I'm, you know, I've developed myself as a leader. Like I help, I love seeing people, you know, uh, bring out their potential and really help them to be strong leaders. And I was like, I think this is, this is the direction I'm supposed to go in because Mm. the excitement came back. The motive, it was like, as soon as I read, I was like, yes. So I went down that, that rabbit hole. Right. Okay. (laughs) And that was it. The hurdles, none. The, and it was a, and it was quite the investment financially for me at one time. Like I had never to invest in a certification program. I had never paid that much money at once. Like my college education, it was over four years. Right. But at, at one time, I had never done that out of pocket, not getting a loan or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And so the money was there. Like I was like, I looked at my account. I was like, oh, I have that. Wrote a check. Just like that. Just like that. It was like, as soon as I said yes, contacted the program talked to the, the, one of the program advisors. They were like, you're like the perfect fit for our program. I was like, I know, <laughs> like, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm it supposed was to be here. Just take my money, enroll me. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. It was like probably within weeks where I saw it online in the middle of the night on Facebook, the advertisement, I contacted the program advisor, had the conversation, had a couple of conversations wrote the check. And then I found myself headed to Orlando, Florida to go to the certification uh, conference. There have been many people, Nicole, who have, we were standing in a grocery line. They were scrolling on Facebook or, or their email and little ads popped up, something in a magazine while they're checking out. And then it was like an ad, a thing. And I keep asking the question, was it there and you were going to see it anyway, or were you drawn to see it right then? Yeah. Like it's that chicken or the egg, you know, like, yeah. How did that work? That's and, and so many women on second wind have had that same exact thing. Like didn't know they wanted to be a medium or didn't know about astrology or didn't know this and didn't know that. And then suddenly an ad and they just reacted to it. Yeah. And it sounds like you did the same thing. You just reacted. Yeah, well, it, it I, I turned something up in you. Yes, because it was already there, right? It was just, oh. it had been awakened. It had been awakened and I started paying attention to that. And I believe in divine timing, right? I believe that nothing just happens, you know, well, it was just a coincidence. No, that was supposed to happen at that time, at that intersection. You know, for, for me, I believe that it was divine timing for me. 
And yeah. it was, I was at the point where I was open. I was willing to see the next step. You know, sometimes I think we don't see the next step because we're really not willing to see it. Or, or do you think it's because it's not something we considered? Not like considered. we have an idea of what our life should look like and the direction we take versus what really are the steps we need to take that we just don't know about. We, we don't, sometimes we don't know, but yeah. I think sometimes, I think sometimes we do, for me, sometimes we do know like that, that there's a deeper, there's something deeper. You may not know exactly what it, what it is or how to, how to name it. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was because I had said there's something more. I'm not sure what exactly that's called, but at the time I wasn't really willing to explore it fully open. I'm like, well, I'm just going to go get my master's. That's what I'm going to do. Like, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And it was like, God was like, no, it's not that. (laughs) And when that desire just kind of left, I was like, okay, well now I'm open and I'm, I'm searching and I couldn't sleep and I'm up and I'm thinking and my mind's like, okay, I'm open. What is it? I'm willing now to see it because I'm open. Sometimes it's, you don't know it's there. And and then, but other times, like for me, it was no, now I'm willing, I'm ready to see because I was afraid. I was used to your traditional go to college, get your master's degree. If you want to go get your PhD, like I was used to that. That was something that was comfortable and familiar to me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I was, I was safe in that space. Mm -hmm. At least that's perceived safe. (laughs) Right. 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 But when I finally said, okay, I surrender, I'm willing to see what this is that's in me. Then as I'm scrolling, oh, wow. Huh. That's it. That's it. There's something. That's it right there. I see it. And made the contact. And then from there, and it was, um, I was able to get certified uh, with the John Maxwell team for your listeners. John Maxwell, he is the number one leadership expert in the world. He has sold more books on leadership than anybody. Yeah, I have (laughs) a few of those. Um, Yes, he has helped millions of people with personal growth and leadership development. Many organizations, churches, nonprofits, for-profits, corporations utilize his material. And it was, I didn't realize what I was getting involved in, but when I, to the depth of it, but when I connected with this, this team and I was like, oh, I'm going to be certified under this umbrella. It was like, I'm home. Like, this is it. This is the next step in terms of my own growth and the path that is going to help get me to where I need to go Question in my life. Yeah. Question. So you're like, that's it. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to write the check. I'm great for this program. I feel it, you know, down here in your solar plexus or wherever. And yeah. then do you know what's at the end? What's no. the end game? Yo, no, you don't. You don't know what the no. end game is. Oh, right. No. Okay. That was, so that's, that's the scary. Part, that's the part that was, I wasn't scared. Okay. Once I took this, it was nothing but excitement. I was like, now this is an adventure. What's down this road? Like now I'm curious. Okay. Now I want to see, like, how is this all going to unfold? And it wasn't, Wendy, it wasn't something that was completely off of who I already, the vein that I had already been in anyway. I was like, oh, I'm helping people. 
But now it's becoming more refined. I'm, I'm getting some tools to be able to do that. I am, it's almost like this, this organization, particularly this team is global. And I said, I wanted to be more global. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. So they have a global reach. I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. And what I discovered that when I, when I began to like read the materials and kind of go through my study program, um, I heard very clearly God say to me, this is your master's program. Wow. And I was like, Oh, and let me tell you, (laughs) for anybody who has done a self-study or, you know, wanted to get certified in something that is meaningful to them. And it's a lot of content and you yeah. have to discipline yourself, you know, like getting your master's is you have to discipline yourself because it's mm-hmm. a different, it's just a different level of education. You know, they don't hold your hand. They don't, it's not like your four-year degree. It's, it's a whole different level. Right. And th- that's exactly what it felt like for me. And I'm still like, I still study, you know, it's been several years now that was back in, gosh, I think 2014, I believe it was 2013, 2014. Um, So it's been a while, but it was at that point in my life, I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is a new, a new route for me. It was for me to grow. I thought it was, oh, I'm going to, you know, get all these great tools so that I can, you know, expand my business and, you know, be able to help my clients and be able to help organizations develop themselves and pull out their potential and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was that that was that part. Mm-hmm. But what was what was at the root of it was it was an avenue for Nicole to grow and to see my potential, to see who I am. And mm-hmm. that's what led me to fast forward finding myself on a stage in front of hundreds of people <laughs> half naked. <laughs> I say half naked cuz the bikinis were super tiny small <laughs> in a bikini. Um, you know, just kind of revealing who I am to, I say the world, it wasn't the world, right? But it was, it was just kind of an unveiling. So that point of that nudge of saying there's more in me, you know, where it was regarding my own personal and leadership and business growth led me throughout the, the last several years to the point where I had another crossroads, another nudging to say, it's time to grow again. Oh, wow. What does that feel like when you're getting that nudge? For people Uh, who may not, who maybe get, I think we all get them. I truly believe we all get them. mm -hmm. But if you're not familiar or able to look at it or feel it, what did yours, I know it's different for everybody, but what did yours feel like? For me, it's more of a couple of, a couple of things. And, And let me, let me preface this too. For me, I have been, accustomed, that's the best word I could say, to hearing and understanding the nudges since I was very young, like like 10, 11 years old. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about how you grew up. And because you you got involved with the church a little bit. Yeah, my my parents um, brought me, introduced me to kind of the concept of, of church, the concept of religion when I was very young. My parents for themselves, like they, they, I guess they kind of delve in and out of, of church. But when I was probably nine or nine or 10 years old, my parents began to go to church and bring us to church. Um, and it was a Christian non-denom- non-denominational church, I believe at the time. And so I was introduced to uh, spiritual things 
at a young age. And I began to learn about Christianity, particularly, and what it, who God was, how we were created, what it meant for, for me to have a relationship with God, who Jesus was. Like, I began to kind of learn these kind of basic, con- basic concepts when I was very young. And that created a curiosity in me as well. And so when I was about maybe 11 or 12 years old, I had a very personal experience with God for me. And in my heart, I was like, God is real. It's just, it, it was just like a, what like, happened? Like, yeah. It was, what like, happened? It, was like, it was like the light came on huh. in my, in my mind. And I was like, it's almost like, it's almost like a, not deja vu, but like when something dawns on you and you're like, Oh, I, I understand that. Oh, like, I get it. Like maybe like if you're trying to figure out a math program, I'm a, a math issue, you know, thing like multiplication was really hard for me. And then one day I was just like, Oh, I understand it because I was the, I was, the switch. The flip. switch came on. I was just, I was with it for a while. I was, I was seeking to understand. And, and, at, and at that young age, I was seeking to understand who is God? Like, what does that, what does that mean for me as a young right. girl? And the, the switch came on and I was like, oh my gosh, God is real. He's real. And I remember particularly, you know, being the, I think it was the pastor at the time. And, you know, we, I would go to Sunday school and I would go to um, youth group and all that stuff. And uh, there was one particular service where the, the, the pastor was like, if you want to, you know, open up your heart to God and ask him to, you know, to be your Lord and, and to guide you all the days of your life and make Jesus the Lord of your life, then you raise your hand and, and you say this after me, right? So it was just kind of this call and response. And I remember doing that. And I was like, okay, I do, you You're know, like, me, 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 pick me. Yeah. You know, okay. and then there was, um, from that, you know, I, I began to learn about, you know, God will lead you and he will speak to you. And, and he will speak to you through a still small voice and it will sound like your voice, but it will guide you to the things that are right. And I began to learn how to, you know, read my Bible and, so you know, assimilate that into my life as a young girl. Okay. And so that, for me, that hunger and that desire that it, it just grew, it just continued to grow. And I was so curious about who God was like, what, what is this? So that really helped that curiosity, I think really fueled my, my motivation and really fueled my actions because I really wanted to know. So I wasn't the kid, the type of kid that, you know, my parents was like, Oh, well, you know, you hear some people that have uh, stories of church and stuff and they, they have terrible stories. They're like, they, you know, they were made to go to church and they just felt like, it was thrown on them and, you know, they were just boxed in. I didn't feel that way. I didn't have, that wasn't my experience. It was because I had this personal experience myself and I was hungry. So I would tell my parents, you need to bring me to youth group. You, need to bring youth me group. To yeah. you need to bring, I want to hear, I want to hear more about, you know, how do I have this relationship with this God who I can't see? What do you mean? You know? And so as I matured in my age and as I matured in my spiritual understanding, it just, it served as a, it served as a guide for me. And I'd be, it's almost like having a regular relationship with anybody like me and I, we, you know, we met one time years ago, but since, you know, we've had little 
run-ins, right? Interactions, yeah. So you can say, yeah, I know of, I know of you. Like I know Nicole, I know Wendy, but I don't know, know her, right? Right. No, no. And, but, <laughs> but my, you know, I have a friend, a girlfriend of mine, you know, we spend a lot of time together. You know, we talk on the phone, we text each other. We are in each other's presence a lot. And so I hear her heart. I hear her desires, her fears, like some of the things intimately that she wouldn't share with someone else. I know that about her. And so I know her. Right. And so that that same type of approach I took in my relationship with God, I was like, I don't want to really cool way to explain that. I just got that. That was a really good way to explain it. Yes. I was like, I don't want to know of God. I want to know him. Like when I know that, okay, when's he speaking to me, what, what do I look for? Oh, when I have peace, that means that's the right direction. Mm. Oh, you know, it's not always like this physical thing. Sometimes you might have a physical reaction, but oh, when there's peace in my, in my mind and I feel calm, okay, that's the right direction. When I read, it's almost like, your, your parents, you know, they, they talk to you, talk to you, talk to you. They teach you, they teach you, they teach you, you know, you might go outside and they say, don't cross the street by yourself. Don't cross the, Wendy, don't cross the street by yourself. Wendy, don't cross the street by yourself. You hear that so much. And then you're out of their presence and you're with your friends and they're crossing the street by themselves. You stop. And whose voice do you hear? Parents. Your, your parents saying, don't cross the street by yourself. Why? Because you've spent so much time hearing their voice. Now it goes with you wherever. And so that's the same thing that happened to me. I began to read my Bible. I was like, I couldn't get enough. And I'm reading and I'm reading stories and I'm reading. And so then I'm like, wow, I'm putting my name inside some of these scriptures that I'm reading. I'm seeing how this can relate to my life. And then as I go out in my, in, in the world in the day, you know, in my community, starting my business, walking in, just doing the things that I'm doing in life, I'm hearing those words that's guiding me to do different things. So that's how I experienced the nudge because I've spent so much time. I know it because I've spent so much time with the words. Now, when I go, that's not the right direction because I hear those words go this direction. No peace. Do you feel peace? Peace is your umpire. It tells you strike safe out that's the wrong direction. Oh, okay. I get it because I hear those words now. So I don't have to, it's not confusing to me. It's not like, okay, what is, is it God saying that? Is it, I don't have, I don't deal with that part. And those of you that might, that are understanding what I'm saying, or for those of you that might be confused about, well, I don't, you know, I want to hear God's voice, but I don't know. You have to spend enough time with those person's words. So when they begin to speak back to you, when they're not in your presence, you're like, that's them. Like I know my husband's voice. No one can disguise my husband's voice on the phone to me. I know his voice because <laughs> yeah. I hear it all the time. Because I spend time listening to him because he talks to me all the time. <laughs> so that's how I understand that. That's how the nudge comes to me. It's in words. Okay. You know, and then I sometimes, a lot of times, I might have an emotional reaction to those words or a physical reaction to those words. But it's the words, like Nicole. That's the right direction. Nicole, do this or say that or don't say that. Well, you know, Super interesting. Yeah. you're supposed to go to, I'm like, I'm going to UGA. That's not the right direction. Eh. Wrong. <laughs> it was very clear. The words. No. And I say nudge as in 
it's a, it's a, a nudge can be for me. It's, Hey, no, it's that way. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And so right. that's, that's how growing up, you know, having that, that, that foundation, it has served me so well mm-hmm. because it has, it has truly provided me with guidance and, and I've made some stupid mistakes and I've had some really difficult situations that I've had to overcome. And I've gotten into relationships that were not good for me. Um, in the long run, it would have been good for me, but I can say in all of those instances, it was the same thing. That's not the right direction. Oh, you got told. Okay. That person. No, don't do that. Okay. Like, I mean, even to the point I, I wouldn't, wasn't planning on saying this, but we're, you know, however, however you cut this. <laughs> yeah. I don't cut it, man. Right? We go. Um, it was, you know, to the point where you might have, and, and I really, ladies, I really want you to, to hear this, right? Because sometimes we get, our, we get so far down the road into situations, whether it's relationship, business, or what, whatever that is and that we're doing, and we're grinding, we're grinding, we're going, we're going, we think that we can't get out. Can't turn around. Can't, can't get out. Around. You're right. Why? Like, I can't now. I'm too right. far in, right? right? I'm 10 miles from the beach. I'm not going to turn around because I'm not supposed to go to, to the beach today, but I've driven right. for five hours. I'm not going to turn around. I'm almost there. But it's right. like, oh, this is not it. And I was, that happened to me when I was 18 years old, Wendy. I was engaged to a young man. I was in love. When I said I was just head over heels in love with this guy. And my family, they were, you know, some people liked them. Some, some people were like, oh, I don't know. But I felt like this was, I was supposed to marry him. Like this was, I was going to start my life with him. Mm-hmm. And I ordered them. I was getting my dress made. I ordered the materials to my dress. I sent out the invitations. I booked the venue. Like everything was set. It was like maybe two months before the wedding where I looked at him one day. and I was like, I can't marry you. Just like that? Oh my gosh. Yes. Did you have a reason? Yes. <laughs> what was the reason? The reason was I got that nudge again. You got the nudge. It wasn't like he did something or you well, did something. Not not terrible. It wasn't like, you know, he cheated on me or anything. It was nothing like that. Our communication wasn't flowing the way it needed to be. Like just the way that I was behaving in the relationship, it wasn't the best for me. Right. And in the in the long run, I think God was looking out for my future, not my necessarily my present. Right. Because I mean, we were we were he was a, he was a couple of years older than me, so we were young. You know, mm-hmm. you're young. You you fight over stupid stuff. You know, we we argued over stupid stuff. But I had started getting migraine headaches because we were arguing over dumb things all the time. You know, and I was working probably two jobs, three jobs at at one point because I really wanted to buy a house and. I was grinding, like, I'm getting married. When I lock in on something, I'm doing it. Well, you're <laughs> you a know? go-getter. You said that ever since you yeah. were a kid. You're the oldest so and you were I've always the go-getter. Always the go-getter. So mm-hmm. my whole point in that is it was like two months before the wedding. And I looked at him and I was like, I can't. And it was that nudge the night before where it was I was really kind of praying like something. I just felt like something wasn't right, but I didn't know what it was. And mm-hmm. I was like, something's not right. And I remember just kind of sitting there. And it was like, God saying to me, Nicole, you don't have to do this. You can choose to do it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do this. And I just felt like it just, something wasn't right. It just wasn't setting. It wasn't settled with me. I didn't have that peace. I didn't have that peace. 
One of the many reasons for this podcast is to collect, connect, and share information that will add to your life. It is my honor and pleasure to share products with you that I buy, use, and believe in that are high quality, sustainable, responsible to our earth, and that actually work. One product I have been using for almost a year now, every day, and now twice a day with the diagnosis of my Lyme disease is collagen. Collagen is a buzzword right now because collagen is a protein that makes up 30% of our bodies. And like everything else, as we age, we lose it. Fine lines, brittle nails, dull hair, achy joints, dry skin are all part of why collagen is so essential. So let me share why Elaine Collagen, the brand I use, is in my opinion more effective than what's out there on those shelves. It is easy to use, tasteless, and dissolves into any beverage. It's non-GMO, and it's from cows raised in Spain, and no chemicals are used for its extraction. Bingo, speaking my language. You can experience the benefits for yourself and receive 15% off by using the code SECONDWIND, all one word, at checkout at elainewellness.com. And if you want to know more about Elaine and her Second Wind story, listen to her episode. The title is Plot Twist. There's no such thing as anti-aging from March 15, 2021. Now, back to the episode. I have a question for you. Because then you had to, you then, you know, fast forward. You, like you never thought you'd be an entrepreneur. No. <laughs> you always thought you'd work for other companies. The yeah. John Maxwell thing created the entre- entrepreneurship direction for you. Yeah. And then you got married. I got married before that, but yeah. Oh, before that. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then at some point you thought perhaps you wanted to be a parent, yeah. be a mother. Yeah. And that was another time in your life. Yeah. And I was curious if you can talk about that a little bit because you know, you have this relationship with God and were you ever like, "Hey, yeah. God, can you share that with us?" cuz that's oh that's God. a big one. Yeah, um so, I mean, all of this together, like sharing my whole life story within a yeah. few, few moments, right? When I was, I got married at 32. So let's just put, I want to put that out there. And I always wanted to have children. I never saw in my life not. Um, my mm-hmm. husband wanted to have children and we were married for, we decided that we would wait for three years before we tried to have children. And three years came and three years went <laughs> and mm-hmm. nothing, Right. Uh, six years come, six years go, nothing. And, you know, I'm like, what's up? You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. God, what, God, what's up? Like, this, yeah. is, this is crazy. And so I did over, over the years of, of us trying, you know, it was very discouraging because I was like, I've been praying to have a, have a child. I'm healthy. There's, there seems to be nothing wrong with me. I don't know why it's not happening and I was very resistant to going to a specialist, a facility specialist, because I just couldn't bring myself to admit that possibly there'd possibly be something that could be blocking. I was like, no, that that can't be it. No, yeah. <laughs> I was in denial, you know, but um, long story short, I did have some uh, issues with fibroids that blocked my, my fallopian tube. So my doctor was like, even if you tried to get pregnant, you wouldn't because these, you know, they were, they were so many that were blocking. So I had that taken care of, had surgery, um, a couple of different procedures. One was a procedure and then the second time it was a surgery. And so that was kind of traumatic because all this time I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm doing the right things and all of this and, and it's not happening for me. And then I'm seeing everybody around me have children 
that don't that don't that don't want them. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Right. That that, that was hard. It was very hard. And then then about six years, I think maybe the eighth or ninth year, um, I did get pregnant. And it was the joy, like, I, I, I was in disbelief. I was like, oh my gosh, is that a positive? You know, it really is. Right. And I went to the doctor and she's like, yeah, you're, you know, yep, yeah, you're pregnant. And I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, we were super happy. Like when, and, and for women that are listening to this know that when you've been wanting to, you know, have a baby and uh, conceive and, and then it doesn't, and then it does happen, the joy, it's unexplainable you know, just to hear you're pregnant, you know? Mm. And I I think I was about 12 weeks, 12, 11 or 12 weeks at that point, shortly after that, to go back to the doctor and say, you're miscarrying. What? Wait a minute. What'd you say? Yeah. (laughs) I was in relief again. Like it was within, I'm pregnant. And then like a month later, you're not. And I was, it was devastating. Like, like anybody Every woman that I've ever talked to about, you know, miscarrying or losing a baby or what, whatever, whatever stage uh, you're in, it's it's devastating and it and it impacts every woman differently. And for me, I, I didn't believe it when the doctor told me. I was like, "What?" I was like, "No, nah, no, nah, like you need to go back and check that again. That's not right." Yeah. Like I told her, check it again. <laughs> she was like, looked at me like, "No, this is really happening." Like. And she showed me, you know, saw the ultrasound and all that. And um, one thing she did ask me, I'll never never forget this. This might be helpful to someone is she was like, well, how do you feel? And then this is in the moment. Like I just found out. The doctor's asking you this? Yeah. She was like, how do you feel? I've never had, and I've had a bunch of miscarriages. The doctors never asked me how I felt. That's that's sad. Interesting. Yeah. That's sad to me. So that's, it's interesting to me that a doctor actually asked you that. That gives me hope. (laughs) So what did you say? I'm sitting there. She's looking at me. My husband's staring at me. Like, this is in the moment. Like I just found out Mm -hmm. and I just sat there. I took a deep breath and I looked at her and I said, I feel hopeful. Oh, yikes. I was like, wow. We left the office, sat in the car. I began to cry. I didn't cry in front of her, but I just began to cry. Like, because I think the reality had set in, like, Really? And I told my husband, I said, I'm still hopeful. Like, I, I'm hopeful. I don't know, you know, and I, again, heard the nudge, heard the voice. And God said to me, don't terminate your dream. Like, do not terminate it. And I was like, okay. And it, I needed those words because the years following were very tumultuous. I didn't know how challenging it is to go through something like that. It's not in the moment. It's the after effect. Mm-hmm. it's the years after that you don't get pregnant again. It's right. the years after, you know, where people are making insensitive comments. It's the years that years after of the questioning, am I a mom? I'm not a mom. Well, I was, but I'm not, but you can't see, but my baby, you know, so it's, it's all those questions that you ask. And, and then the shame now, then I started dealing with the shame of Nicole, you have everything else, but you can't, you couldn't produce a child. Like what's wrong? Oh with no. It's this, and, and not that people were saying this to me. So y'all don't get mad at folks. They weren't saying this to me. It was my own kind of internal criticism, you know, listening to, you know, those negative voices say, well, you know, you're not good enough and you're broken and there's something wrong with you and all these things. And it was challenging every Christmas, every, you know, Mother's Day, because I was due on Mother's Day. So oh, 
Right. You know, so every Mother's Day, every Christmas, you know, my 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 siblings having kids and now I'm, you know, and all my friends are having kids. And I was like, it was just too much. And I did experience depression, but it wasn't right. I didn't experience depression right away. It was like a year after. Gosh, I probably would have been, I don't know. Were you ever kind of, did you get mad at God? Hell yeah. Oops. Oh, you did. <laughs> oh, we was going at it. It was Were a royal rumble. Because oh, I've, yeah. I've had was, some guests on where things would yeah. go really wrong and they'd be, all right, God, you I and I, put your boxing gloves on. Here we go. I was pissed, Wendy. I was mad. I was, I was heartbroken. I, I was happy. Right. Yeah. I was disappointed. I was like, God, but I'm your daughter, though. But why? You know, and he was like, Nicole, I love you. It's not, I didn't cause this to happen. It was, you know, something within my body that rejected, you know, this pregnancy. I get it. I understand that. But I was just like, but you could have did something. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, why do we have to experience this? You know? And then, so it was a while, like, even to this day, you know, I still, I, I still sometimes have these questions and we kind of go back and forth because it's been now probably about six, that was six years ago. And, um, you know, we still sometimes spar a little bit, but you know what I've learned in all of that, Wendy, is that it's okay. Like that was another crossroads for me because it allowed me to be broken and be okay being broken. Ooh. That's huge. You understand what I'm saying? I was the go-getter. I was the strong one. I was the one that everybody came to. I was the one like, no, I got to, I'm going forward. And I found myself at a stage in my life where I was, I was broken. And because it caused me to question my womanness, it caused me to question the essence of me. I was like, we, we're women, we're producers, we're life givers. Like, and that's something I, I, I was like, wait a minute, then who am I? And it for me, I went down that road. And again, it wasn't in the moment. It was like a year later, it just hit me. And I am grateful. And I want to, I'm not grateful for the miscarriage. <laughs> I don't wish that on anybody. And I don't want to go through that again. I am grateful for what I learned about myself and what I learned about mm-hmm. God, what I learned about people and compassion and empathy and pain, because I learned that it's okay. Actually, it's, it's pain and brokenness is necessary for change and growth. Like you have to visit, you're going to visit that at some point in your life. And then at at those moments, that's actually where I really met God. It's like muscles, right? You as a bodybuilder now, you have to, you have to rip your muscles in order for the new growth. And I, and I said, I, I got to the point, you know, over the years, I've gotten to the point when I, and I've talked with other women about this. I actually did an episode about this in my podcast called the unsung woman, the unsung mother, because there are many Ooh. women that have experienced heartbreak in this way. They, in their hearts, they're mothers. You just can't see their children, You're so but right. we leave them. We miss them. You know, wherever they are, you know, some people, I believe that children go to heaven, you know, their spirit is in heaven. I was like, you know, I was like, I've, I've, sometimes I've, I've found myself talking to my child because we believe that it was a girl. So we had already named her, (laughs) you know? Wow. And so I went through, I went through these, you know, these phases and, and I, and I think that every, every woman that I've talked to. Um, that has experienced this and maybe hasn't conceived again and had another child. Some of them have, and some of them have it. 
but the permission to be able to just talk about it and be like, no, it's okay. I remember uh, real quick, I had another, a friend of mine who had experienced several miscarriages and she was heartbroken. You know, just, it just breaks you in a different way that you can't explain. Right. And so we began to talk about our stories and, and we met up. I said, well, why don't we do this? I was like, mother's day is usually uncomfortable for me. It's uncomfortable for you. Let's get together on mother's day. So her and I had lunch on Mother's Day, actually at your restaurant. Thank you. <laughs> one, of, awesome. one of these, one of, one of these mothers, a couple of Mother's Days ago, we had we had lunch. I mean, it was yeah, it was lunch at at, um, at your restaurant, and we just began to celebrate each other, talk with each other, but we also were able to. I said, "Tell me your children's names because I know you named them," and I allowed her to talk about her children, her unborn wow. children. She allowed me to talk about my unborn child and we were able to celebrate each other. It was different. If someone that was sitting, if they were listening to us, they probably would have thought it was us, that we were a little, a little cuckoo because we're talking about our children who are no longer alive, right? But for us, it's a very real thing, like I said. And then we, at the end, you know, we cried, we laughed, we joked. And at the end, I looked in her eyes and she looked at her, looked in my eyes and I said, happy Mother's Day. Oh my gosh. How healing is that? Let me tell you. Healing, when I tell you, it was so the it was like a bomb that just came over my whole body and from that mother's day forward, it has gotten it's a celebration for me. And I make it a point to celebrate women that I know that have miscarried and that have necessarily had children again. I always reach out and be like happy mother's day because yeah. I know people are not going to recognize you for that. Would you say, well, would you say that this is all of these new emotions and this new understanding of a whole nother segment of life has infiltrated into what you're doing now? Absolutely. I'm a different woman now. And like, like I said before, like I was willing to see where this road was going to go in my life. Right. I get it now because I love who I am. The level of vulnerability that I'm able to sit with, with myself and be okay. And if I'm, if I'm feeling you know, hurt or, or sad, or, you know, some of the emotions that we don't like to talk about, like I can sit with someone else in their brokenness and be okay. Yeah. That's huge. Because I understand. I was like, listen, I get it. I'm not in your position, but I know what it feels like to feel like your heart is shattered in a thousand pieces and you don't, and you don't feel like yourself. You feel like, I felt like I was, I was losing myself. And so where I am today, you know, that actually going through that experience and still, and for those of you that want to know, no, I have not conceived again yet, me and my husband, and I'm still hopeful, you know, I'm excited about the future. And yes, I still want to have children with my husband. So I'm putting it out there. Yes. And I believe that that will happen for me. What has happened as a result, I decided, and it was kind of like, oh, this was a seed that had matured over time to compete in a bodybuilding competition when I was 46 years old. That was last, I just turned 47. So <laughs> not too long ago. I just told, I just turned 47 in December of uh, 2021. So we're Fun. in 2020 now, right? Okay. Yeah. So I decided to do a bodybuilding competition. And I remember when I made that decision in 2020, I said, okay, I'm going to do this. And I remember just kind of sitting and like, okay, God, I asked you to give me the strength to go through this because I know it's going to be very challenging. Like it's wait, wait, inquiring minds want to know why on earth you've got your business, you've got your podcast, you got your husband, 
Life is, you're coming and doing speaking engagements. You're doing all this cool stuff. First of all, anybody who knows anything about bodybuilding, it takes a buttload of time. Yeah. And dedication and diet and sleep. And you got to pay attention to everything. You're Mm -hmm. already busy. Why? Was there another Facebook ad? What was it? No, no Facebook ad. Um, Why did you decide to do that? Well, there was a seed that was planted. Like I saw, I had a friend of mine who competed in the competition. One, a guy, good guy friend of mine who competed when he was, I think he was in his his forties and he invited me and my husband to go to his show. And he asked me, I like to take pictures for fun. So he was like, Hey, can you just take some photos of me while I'm on stage and stuff? And I sat in the back of that auditorium and I'm looking at these guys and they looked amazing. But then I saw the women mm-hmm. and my mouth dropped like, oh my gosh, they look amazing. Well, you and, can, and as an athlete, you can, you can appreciate what it yes, would take to get the yes, quad to yes, look like that yes, and to not have this. The flag. Flag. <laughs> yes. Listen, yeah. yes. Cause you know, I was, I grew up as an athlete, right? So yeah. I was always into sports and I've, I'm an active person. Like I've always been like that. So to see them, I'm like. I was so impressed and in awe of their physique. And I said, they don't appreciate amazing. it. You can appreciate but, it. Right. But when the older women came out, like the 40 and up came out, that's when I was like, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> something. And I stood in the back of that orient- auditorium and I said, out of my mouth, this might've been 2018, I think. I said, out of my mouth, I can see myself up there. Stop it. I'm not lying. Wow. Okay. Prophecy, right? So fast forward two years later, here I am in November, right before 2021 was going to come. I was like, there's something more. Mm, Another, another, there's something more. There's something more. Is that like an uncomfortable space when you get that? Are you kind of like antsy? What are you? More antsy. More like there's something more. And, And I think this goes along with kind of what I, what I'm, my life's purpose, right? Is and helping people maximize their own potential, I, potential, I have to do the same for myself. Okay. Right. So it's like I, I live what I help people with. Like I live it. Right. Right. So it was like every year, it's like, hmm, what next? Right. What there's okay. something more. The thought came to me, why don't you do a competition? Now it wasn't. I thought it was just a random thought, but it was like, why don't I go to the gym and see if I can lift a barbell <laughs> or a dumbbell or something? Right. right. No. Well, I was already exercising. So you were already ex- okay. okay. Yeah. I was already working out. So that wasn't a thing, but it was, it wasn't just a random thought. It was the image of what I saw and what I had said to myself came back to me. Mm, okay. And during that two year period, I had met another woman who was around my age, who was a professional bodybuilder See? planted right in there who took a liking to me and began to talk to me every time I saw her at the gym. And oh. she's like, you should compete. You, you know, Nicole. Well. You know, Nicole. You, should, you see? So it was like these little seeds along the way. Uh-huh. And then here I find myself, there's something more. And then, oh my goodness, you should do a competition. I think I'm going to do a competition. So it wasn't just, oh yeah, I just had this thought. No, there were seeds that were planted along the way because this was the direction that I was going to be going in. And so oh, cool. And then I said, okay, I believe, and there's a purpose to everything. Okay. So what's the real purpose to this? Because I know that it's going, I I get it now. It's not just with other people, you know, to help someone else and like, yeah, you can push through the hard times and you can grow. All right. What is it about me? What, what area, what do Mm. I need to grow in now? Because there's a purpose for this and here it is. 
there was a mental block that I had experienced for years, even since I started my businesses. I had a mental block where I would only go so far in business. I would only go so far. I would I wouldn't push the envelope too much because I was afraid of my own potential. And I had some mental blocks that I didn't know that were there. And what I heard very clearly, like I know that God said this to me because I heard it very clearly, very in my in that in that moment where I was like, I'm gonna do this competition. So this competition is going to help you push through these mental blocks and you will never have to return to them again. Wow. Did you know you had these mental blocks? Did you know you yes. weren't reaching? Yes, I was experiencing them. Yes. But I didn't know how to push through. Okay. 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 I was like, okay, I had, I had gotten some coaching. I was like, maybe I need to go see a counselor. Like what? I just can't seem to push through. Like I would get, yeah, I've had some success. I've made some money. Yeah. I've done some things. I've traveled like but I just couldn't, there was something in me that where I, I couldn't, there was a part of me that I was still kind of hiding. It was a block. The and feeling like, was there. The feeling, it was, the, it was a ceiling. Yeah. yeah, yeah it was a yeah, lid. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lid and it was real thick. And I couldn't, I was like, why can't I get through it? And so through a series of training exercises, going through this program that I enrolled myself in, I was able to break through every mental barrier because physical, now I believe, and no one can tell me different. You can argue with me y'all all you want, <laughs> but there is something about submitting yourself to physical discipline that challenges your mental capacity. 100% agree. You see? And, and so- Body-mind connection. So much because so. Because you've got to push yourself here to be able to do it. You have to. Physically. Yeah. Physically. Mm -hmm. And so here I was- in seven months of training. A long time. And here was the thing, Wendy, that there's so many lessons that I learned and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of wrap it up because I know we've been talking for a little while, but while I was going through my process, that seven month process, one, I'm a people person, right? So anybody who knows me, I'm a people person. I like to be around people. Like COVID pandemic was a struggle for me because I like to be around people, right? Right. And so when I would go to the gym, I go to group classes because I like that group, that energy. You know, I like to be around people. God was like, do not join a, a gym where you're going to be with a lot of people. Like oh, I got very can. specific instructions. Like wow. you have to go at this alone. You have to break through. You can't rely on your coach. You can't rely on your friends. You can't rely on your life coach or your business coach or your husband. You can't rely on anybody to help to come and rally around you. No one's going to answer this for you. No one's going to answer this for you. This journey was my journey. Right. This was for me. And the reason why I said that is because the gym that I joined, it was, um, it wasn't like a, it's a chain, but it's a 24 hour gym. So I would go at random times and it didn't have group classes, you know, they didn't have a boot camp that I could join. It was it was just me. Like, am I going to do the workout? My coach wasn't even here. He was in Houston, Texas. Oh, so you do the workout by yourself. By myself. Yikes. That's hard. You really did have to go through it yourself. He was like, this is your, you need to break through this mental barrier. And so many, many nights, sometimes I would forget to do my cardio. I'm like, oh shoot, I got to go. It'd be 11 o'clock at night. I'm on oh, the train. Stop it. I'm not lying. You can ask my husband, God honest truth. I'm sitting there. My out, my workouts were two hours. Sometimes I'd go have to go twice because I wouldn't, you know, I'd go in the morning, I'd go at night because I wouldn't finish. So it was for six months. 
And it was, I was locked in, committed, like, and they, there were days that I didn't want to go. I was sore every day and I was hurting. My muscles were broken down and I was tired and I was irritable and I was forgetful because now my diet is changing. And it was, everything was being like, I was just like being broken down. And I cried so much on the treadmill and on the step, stair stepter. I cried so much. People were like, sometimes people looked at me like, is she okay? It was like cathartic. I would just, it was, wow. like I, and as I'm taking steps sometimes, as I'm pushing the, the weights, I would see myself breaking through that self-doubt. I would see myself breaking through, you know, those mental barriers hey. that I had that had been built up from years ago. It wasn't like a recent thing. It was like subconscious things that I had built up about myself and how I saw my, how I really began to see myself and the, why I had those barriers just pumping that iron and pushing that weight and putting on that extra weight and saying, I don't know if I can do this. Well, try it, Nicole. You don't know if you can do the extra 25 pounds unless you try it. Push through it. Push yourself. And don't wait for the applause. Don't wait you for don't, people to approve it. You don't need validation. That's huge. And I struggled with it internally for years as a young girl with validation. I think a lot of women do. I would say yeah. this is not unusual. No, no, no. And I know why. Like, it was like my whole life was being played out in front of me. And as all these barriers are being broken down, I'm build, being built back up. And you could see the physical resemblance of it. Mental, I mean, it was like when I stood on that stage after the seven months, Wendy, and this is why I'm so proud of myself is because, you know, it's a competition. So, you know, people get first, second, third, fourth, fifth place, right? They, there's placements. But I wasn't, I wasn't doing it to get first place because I didn't really know much about it. It was my first time. So I didn't know, you know, okay, this is what you need to do. My win was, I said to myself, I know that I've won this mental battle. This, I know that I've overcome and broke through this mental blocks in my life when I can stand on the stage by myself and let people see me. Yikes. Which you did. Which you did. Liz, honey. Yes, I did. And, you know, yes, the applause was great. And, you know, I got my two medals, you know, as a result of it, fourth place for the uh, masters, fourth place for the open in my class. It was great to get a placement and people to acknowledge that. But what was most important was I didn't need any validation from anybody. Physically, I looked the best that I've ever looked in my life. But mentally, I was like, I spent seven months intentionally prioritizing myself first. Yeah, you have to. And you have to. showing up every single day, showing up for Nicole and allowing me to be kind of reborn, if you will. Yeah. How, how has that transition now? Because we're only a year out from that, right? Not About? even. Not even a year. Yeah. yeah. How has yeah. that transitioned into what you're doing for your business now and your podcast. Yeah, so, which has been awesome because after uh, the, the remainder of the year, I was like, I got so many offers to do <laughs> leadership training. It was crazy. I was like, I do a bodybuilding and I get leadership training offers. This is crazy. So I began to make more money <laughs> in my business, which was cool. Feeling like my, what my husband said to me, he's like, Nicole, you're peacocking. And I was like, what? He was like, you're like a peacock. And I, that's exactly what began to happen is like so much attraction came because 
I, I was like, I'm here. Like, no, I can help you. The level of confidence that I have now, no, I can help your team communicate better because listen, when I show up, it's going to be a great training and I'm going to get to the root of what's going on with you all because I can help you. Wow. You want to get better? I can help you. As before, I'd be like, uh, I, I can help you with a question mark at the end, right? Wow, wow, wow. You know? Okay. Um, not afraid to say, no, this is my price. And if you can't, if that's not within your budget, well, let's see what we can do, but I'm not changing my price. That's huge. Right. That's big. Because That's really big. I, yeah. I see me. I'm, I know what you're going to get. I can help you get the results in my wheelhouse. I'm going to, you're going to be a better organization because I'm going to help you. You, know? you have faith and confidence in your value. And me. Yep. You know, even the way I dressed changed because I wouldn't wear certain clothes. I would cover myself up. I like color. You know, I like, I like to experiment. I, I like to be feminine. I, I'm, I'm a, you know, I didn't know I was a girly girl. I used to, I never called myself a girly girl in terms of that. Like let's say, we used to say girly girl, but I love, I love my body and I'm a sexy woman and I like to express who I am, you know? And I was like, wait a minute. I like that dress. I'm going to wear that. I'm going to wear a pair of leather pants and a cute That's top. That's right. You are. I saw them, you know, <laughs> you really a businesswoman meeting and be like, listen, you can be professional and rock you and still, I'm going to show up as me. You know, this is who I am. Like, I, I'm not going to wear the oversized baggy clothes anymore because I'm trying to cover myself up. And that's what I had done. How to impact my business is because I'm not shying away from opportunities. I said no to certain clients. Like, no, I can't work with you. You're not ready for me. Oh, wow. That's so cool. I, so, Nicole, do you have like a, like, a mantra or what do you say to yourself every day to keep this high energy, the value on you? I mean, we all have days where you kind of like, yeah. you know, for me, I'll be like, oh gosh, are people listening to this podcast? Yeah. You know, what's good? What's not good? You know, oh, I only got this many people on Instagram or yeah. only this many people watch that. Or you start putting value into those numbers. Those things, right. Yeah. How and of you, course, of course. Yeah. I'm, I'm not um, immune to that, right? That's right. like a people person. I'm like, oh, they're not watching it. They don't like me. Right. Well, <laughs> that's, that's, that's where your mind goes first. The ego takes you there first. How do you personally yeah. get out of that? Now, I should say now, I don't wake up and say like one certain thing to myself every day. Like this morning, I woke up, I had some quiet time. Actually, I had um, some prayer time at 630 this morning. And that really, that kind of charged me up. I don't say the same thing every single day, but there's one particular, I have a kind of a life, a life passage that fuels me that I've leaned into. And that is, it is my responsibility and I strengthen myself both spiritually, mentally, and physically to fulfill my God-given assignment. And that is something that I have said so much, you know, I don't necessarily say it like right when I wake up, but I say it throughout the day. I, it's a reminder for me whenever I'm doing something why I'm doing it. No, I have to strengthen myself spiritually. I have to strengthen myself mentally. I have to strengthen myself physically because I have an assignment. So if We're I'm here not for something. Up, right. If right. I'm not showing up the best version of me, then you're not you're not going to be benefiting from all of what I need to give, right? So right. even this podcast, even this episode, right? I would have before this kind of transformation process that I went went through, I would have been nervous. 
I would have been writing all these notes down. I got to be prepared. Oh my goodness. What am I going to say? I don't know. I would have gone through all that, those mental gymnastics because I wasn't comfortable with me. That's interesting because when we did the pre-interview, we did it back in like June or beginning of July. That was like before all this. Yeah. I sound different now, right? You do sound different. Yeah. You like took this by the horns. Whereas when I was taking all your notes in the pre-interview, you know, we kind of were stumbling around on things and it's great story. It's just different. Yeah. You're, you're different. Yeah. Yeah. You've got this, like the peacock attraction thing going. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, Ooh, I want to be with her. Right. So that's, that, that's my foundational, um, kind of life mantra, what I just shared with you, but it's something that I've said to myself over and over and over and over. I've, I've written it down. I have it everywhere. It's the reason why I do what I do for myself, because I have to be strengthened. I think sometimes, and kind of what I would like to say to you ladies, listen to this is that sometimes we forget about ourselves. And we get busy in our businesses. We get busy in our families. You know, if you're raising children or even if you're not raising children, I know professional women that don't have children, right? But they're, they're married or, or they might be single and you just get in the, the, the routine of life, you know, the rust, the hustle and the, and the bustle of life. And you forget about yourself. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm the gift. I have to take care of this gift. I have to strengthen this gift mentally. So if mentally, I'm, if my mind and my, my mindset and, and how I'm feeding my mental capacity is not nourishing, then I can't grow mentally. If I'm not building my body, you don't have to be a bodybuilder, but you do need to take care of your physical body because it's the vehicle by, your, by which your gift is going to be dispensed. Oh, so, I like the way you said that. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So yes. if you don't, so many women ignore their bodies. Like, why are you? I'm not just saying exercising. I'm saying your body, your health, your even the way you look. Mm-hmm. You, so you, we don't have to let ourselves go. We don't have to. We don't have to do that. I believe we have a, it's like kind of like a, a command to ourselves, you know, a command from God, our creator, how we were created to strengthen these bodies, right? What we can do. Like you were saying, you know, you found out, okay, about this Lyme disease. You ain't just laying down every day like, oh, well, it's just going to overtake me. No, you have a, a duty. It's like a, like, wait a minute, I'm not just going to lie down and let my body just do what it needs deteriorate. No, you're going to fight it. You're going to go to the doctors. You're going to get some of the supplements. You're going to do the things that's going to help your body so that you can continue with this podcast. Women in their second wind need to hear what you have to say. So if you're not strengthening your body, you can't release the message that you're supposed to release. And, and then spiritually, you know, being connected to the one who created you, like that is my ultimate source. Like whatever you believe, I believe that God created me. And so I need that spiritual connection. You have to have something that's higher than you, you know? And so I have to strengthen myself that way. And there are things that I do to stay strengthened spiritually. So it's all of these areas that we have to strengthen ourselves so that we can fulfill our assignment. And then once my assignment is up, then I'm out of here. Like I'm, I'm good. I want to be like Betty White. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know. You know, like her assignment was up. She's like, I'm good. I, I did what I was supposed to do here. And she was strong in all of those areas. And so how I see our lives, you know, now, how I see my life, the message that I have for, for women, particularly now where I am in my life at 47 and really embracing this whole understanding of strengthening, being on purpose to strengthen myself physically, mentally, and spiritually for my God-given assignment. 
Like that never stops. So no matter what age you are, it doesn't matter what age you are. And so what does that do for me mentally? Okay. What do I need to learn in my business that I don't know already? What do I, how do I need to strengthen? You know, maybe you do need to exercise so that if you're a speaker and you want more speaking gigs, but you too tired, maybe you're working for someone and you want to start a side business that takes physical energy and mental stamina. You think you're going to have that automatically? No, you have to sow that into, you have to give yourself that so you can, you know, reap from it. You can uh, extract those deposits. They don't just automatically show up. You know, you want more energy with your kids. You want to be vibrant. I was like, I don't want to be a tired, stressed out, worn out mother at an older age in life. I believe that lie for a long time. I believe those statistics and what society says. A woman's book, you know, oh my goodness, you're going to be worn out. You're going to be, I was just like, I don't want that. That doesn't have to be my story. It's not going to be my story. So so funny that you said that. So funny because last night I, it's kind of babysitting this eight-year-old girl. She said, let's do some yoga. She found my yoga mat. And she goes, oh, I'm looking up. She looked up two-person yoga and we, and we did it, even though I haven't done yoga in a while because of the line. We did the sure. feet up, holding the hands. I had her on a plank and she was doing it on, on me. And I was like, this is what I wanted. I didn't want to be a 56-year-old and say, oh, no, 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 honey, I can't do that. I'm not right. going to do that. I right. want to get down on the ground and be able to do that with you. Yes. It's so important. And I felt so good after I did it. You have that moment where you're like, I am strong. I am good. I'm going to get better. This is all good. And you hit it right on the head. Why? Who said we had to be old and tired and frumpy? I refuse. Me too. And so ladies, this is your second win right here. Absolutely. You're in a second phase in your life. Whatever your second win is, sometimes your second win comes. You could be in your 20s and get a second win. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. have to, it doesn't have to be later and later, you know, in your years. But a, a second win to me is when there's a refreshing or an enlightenment that says, wait a minute, there's more. And then you lean into that and you begin to strengthen yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, spiritually, because there's more. There's more. And never- that's what this podcast is, is to help give the tools to do that by talking to people like you, Nicole. Yeah. I'm just saying. We're going to continue. And I, and I really think that, the reason we kept thought I lost your episode, I thought for sure we had taped. And and I sent you this message like, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't find your episode. She goes, Nicole says, we never taped. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> How did that happen? Because I knew your story. I knew your story. I couldn't believe it. So thank God I didn't lose it. So we set this up and I think we were supposed to wait till now. Yes. Because you had so many powerful things to say. Yeah. And if there was one thing you could leave us with, what would that be? It would be, you matter. Mm, yes. Listen what I'm saying. You matter. The you that, not the you that necessarily might have all the cute little clothes and the made up you that goes out in, in the, your public face. And then, you know, you're just kind of like, yeah, everybody sees. But when you go home, you're kind of like, oh man, you're kind of struggling with some things. And you don't think that, those things are important or that things are going to change or the things that you've desired or the things that you've struggled with, that it's ever going to change. And sometimes when you're in that place for such a long time, it can cause us to lose sight of us mattering because it seems like everything else is more important because it's happening for everybody else except for me. The inside stuff that you know, like I've been struggling with this for a long time. What I have to say is the you, that you, matters. 
And I know you might be struggling and I know it might be hard and I know you may not see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm here to tell you that today, this is your encouragement that there is light at the end of the tunnel and don't be afraid to allow yourself to be broken and exposed so that you can grow. Preach. That's so good. That's so good. Nicole, thank you so much. What are all the ways people can find you? Sure. On Instagram, um, you can certainly follow me at Nicole Simmons Leadership on Instagram. And worth I also a follow because you've got really good reels, really good. you got good stuff. On yes. And um, I'm continuing with uh, my podcast as well called Take Action with Nicole Simmons. And um, the Take Action it actually has its own IG now. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so the Take Action podcast show, you can also follow there. And, and I'd love to continue, you know, just to continue to encourage you to be the best version of yourself. And that's by making yourself a priority and understanding that you matter. You really do. And um, thank you all for listening. Like we talked a lot about a lot of different things, but I think it all kind of came together. (laughs) We ended, so so we started here with not Mm -hmm. feeling important and we ended getting over not feeling important and that you matter. So it it worked out really well. Yes, I like where are we going with this? Oh, well, we'll just flow. We'll flow. It flowed flowed great. great. Thank you (laughs) so much, my friend. I really appreciate you. And until next time, breathe in your second wind. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile, made you think, and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. Until next time, go ahead and breathe in your second wind.